The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. And on to Daniel Kabisha this evening, the economist for Sub-Saharan Africa at RMB, looking at issues affecting uh, African economies at the moment. Um, Mozambique and sovereign ratings. How does the world perceive Mozambique from a risk perspective, Daniel? It's been improving. Thanks so much for having me, Bruce. The past few years, I guess since you saw the Tuna scandal, I think you recall that 2016, 2017, the economy has been struggling to gain momentum with respect to fiscal conditions, how they're viewed internationally, both by credit rating agencies, but also by investors. They quickly managed to resolve a lot of those issues. They've, they've reined in a lot of the expenditure. They have created a credible path of economic growth. The recent uh, notice and updates that have come in from the various rating agencies, particularly Fitch and Moody's, point towards a, a rather positive narrative for, for Mozambique. I think they're quite excited about the potential developments and the impact they will have both to tax revenue and economic growth. And here I'm talking about gas. I think, you know, with respect to news out there, it's been shrouded by a lot of issues around security. But I think people tend to forget that the bulk of the cash that has gone into Mozambique is pretty much more than double the size of its economy. And and that's the level of investments we're talking about over the next few years. So that's one of the reasons they're quite positive about about that sovereign. There's uh, and yeah, I mean, it, and, and Mozambique needs all the help it can get. I mean, it's got the, you know, it's got wonderful resources and it's got wonderful climate, wonderful environment. But you know, it still hasn't recovered from civil war. If you, I don't know what Maputo looks like now, but when I was last there, the buildings that were being built before the civil war were empty shells. Decades after the end of the civil war, and it's just never uh, seemed to get a fair shake. Of course, at at, at getting a, a, another lifeline and and being able to 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 recover. Ghana's currency, what's happening there? Because you don't need, and as Vladimir Putin is learning, of course, you don't want rapid deterioration in your currency. It causes all kinds of imbalances. Yeah. No, so Bruce, this has been a very interesting and, and developing theme. You know, past maybe six to 12 months, Ghana entered this crisis probably seen as, as a darling of most of the African economies from the perspective of how quickly government was able to respond to the pandemic, how quickly they were able to institute both fiscal and monetary support, all seemed to be going swimmingly well. Um, they managed to bounce back with very strong economic growth figures. You know, early estimates had them as high as maybe 5.4% for this year alone. But I think in the midst of all of that, there was a lot of attention to the, the level of debt that they have managed to amass over the past few years, Bruce. And, and I think a lot of these numbers have come to light. And so investors and really the general public started asking that question, you know, when do we start cutting this expenditure? When do we start reining in on this debt? When do we start creating a credible path that suggests that the revenue strategies being employed with the country can actually deal with the budget deficit? And, and in effect, that really hasn't been portrayed by the government. And so we saw already last year the bond yields taking quite a bit of a beating towards the end of the final quarter, and the continued bloodbath has played out in the FX market. So they're entering the Russia-Ukraine crisis with already having a currency on the back foot that's weakening quite aggressively. 
looking at the numbers this month to date, you know, it's weakened about 6% over the past how, year. How does, this about, af- how does this affect Ghana's star status on the African continent? So often held up as a poster child for, for economic opportunity and success on our continent. So, so that's, that's it, right? That, that's pretty much the debate everyone is having right now. You know, on the one side, you're seeing this currency depreciate, and it's telling you a bigger narrative that people are concerned about the fiscal conditions. Yet on the flip side, if unlike economies you've seen in, in Southern Africa, they're managing to amass growth of over 5% consistently. They're diversifying the economy year in, year out. They have a strong export earning base. They are instituting policies that have improved efficiencies around tax collection, around taxing you know, social or e-commerce businesses like Netflix, etc. You know, it, it, it's this very interesting, you know, dichotomous view that you must take with Ghana, where I always tell people, you know, economically speaking, they have all the pillars that are necessary for them to sustain growth and, and continue being a strong contender in West Africa. But on the fiscal side, which, you know, is something they need to deal with, we're seeing all this weakness and, and it's starting to show. And so really the, the, really the point of discussion now goes to the Minister of Finance to say, your move. You know, what type of strategy are you going to release during your media budget review? You know, will you present to the public a credible path for revenue, Um, especially given an environment where we've seen several sub-Saharan African economies already benefit from strong commodity prices? Um, I think that that's part of the discussion that he needs to have. But even more importantly, you know, if you... If he looks to some of his neighbors, I think of a country like Benin, they instituted extremely stringent, you know, fiscal conditions with respect to the expenditure. You know, and, and I think that's where Ghana needs to be having its discussions. Cut that expenditure, do whatever it takes to be able to tap into, you know, international markets, potentially in future, you know, to do, you know, any form of debt reprofiling, as people call it, um, and, and that could be one option, but more, more importantly, to, to focus more on your domestic issuances versus your dollar-denominated mm. debt. So, so a lot of stuff to fix. I know it sounds like we're basically talking around the South African economy, but the difference is you know, you're not seeing a currency in free fall, <laughs> right? which is what we're finding in an environment like Ghana right now. Talk about, about Egypt and its inflation problems. Are its inflation problems any more terrifying than the rest of our in looming inflation problems? So, you know, they've, they've gone first, right? Bruce, you know, we, we've been watching the story now. I, I guess I've been somewhat of a doomsday prophet when it comes to inflation, Bruce. We've had very difficult discussions around this, and, and we've seen, I think a lot of our listeners have been able to appreciate uh, the level of honesty we've been able to have about prices getting even higher. And this has been all before we saw what took place with Russia, Ukraine, and oil prices, you know, hovering at over 30. Now they've tapered down to just under 100, at least a lot of your futures with respect to Brent crude. That does not take away from the fact that we expect a lot of our fuel pump prices to start going up across the region. So, so Egypt really is, is the first country to feel the, the brunt of this. Um, for them, they have direct chains with respect to wheat prices. So food inflation has ticked up. You know, we've seen a lot of your pump prices tick up as a result of the high oil environment. And the reality is it's coming. 
Um, and, and it's going to be something we keep talking about. I keep mentioning this for the next two years. Inflation is a problem that's going to sit with us. And, and what that means is, unfortunately, despite an environment where growth is quite frail, a lot of our central banks are faced with that decision of having to hike interest rates to taper inflation expectations. Not expecting any nasty shocks out of the Americans this week, because if they decide to go 50 rather than 25 basis points, while it's you know, from practically nothing to just a little bit, it'll send a signal of panic to the world. And I'm sure they're cognizant of that risk and um, will do 25 basis points this week, or do you have a different view on it? <laughs> you know, with the U.S., they, they're working in an environment where inflation is hovering at over 7%. A lot of people can't even recall a time when inflation was that high in that market. And they've had to balance risks that are taking place in Europe with respect to also domestic conditions and the fact that they do need to start anchoring you know, inflation um, expectations moving forward. And I think the greatest signal for them is you know, by hiking interest rates. So my base case is that they'll have a very staggered approach to the way in which they increase interest rates. You know, the first one, like to your point, uh, much softer, just as a way of indicating to market, look, we're entering a hiking cycle. You need to be prepared for this. We're, we're seeing conditions internationally that suggest that, you know, markets are still quite frail. You know, we're basically in an environment where there was a massive sell-off over the past week. And, and we saw that with respect to commodity prices rallying and safe haven assets picking up. Now it does seem when they're making the decision that the markets have settled somewhat, but we're not out of the woods. So, you know, having an aggressive hiking cycle, in my view, would not be prudent for them to hike by, you know, 50 basis points. I I just think it'll be out of the ordinary. Um, It'll be quite a shock to the system. Um, So so I think taking a more staggered approach is is likely going to be how they see it. Daniel, thank you very much indeed. Daniel Klevicha is the uh, economist for Sub-Saharan Africa at Rand Merchant Bank.